What is up, all of my beautiful, gorgeous, amazing freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. I am excited for today. It is a special day because Tori Deal is returning to the show. She has not been here since season one. So sit back, grab a cocktail. We are getting into it. Welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I did not in chapter six. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on her Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. Oh my God, you guys, I'm so excited. I swear to God, the only time Tori and I get to link up nowadays because we live in different states and we are both busy as all fucking hell is when we sit down to record podcast episodes together. So I was so stoked that she agreed to come on and do this. She is such a powerhouse. She's so authentic. She's so fucking relatable. And she just really is a gem of a human who I adore. If you guys are not fans of the challenge, what the fuck are you doing with your lives? It is the best reality show that's on TV. It is so much fun to watch. Tay and I are obsessed. Been watching it since the very, very beginning. And this last season, spoiler alert, if you guys haven't watched it, maybe turn this episode off until you catch up. Tori fucking won. Like the whole goddamn thing. After how many seasons she's been on, She finally went all the way, took the W home, and I could not be more proud of her. And now she's back after winning the fucking challenge. This season, she was so vocal and open about her mental health journey on the show and getting on medication to combat her long battle with anxiety and depression and was really, really open on TV to the world about going through this. And it really helped destigmatize so many things that people look at as like going on medications bad. And like, we can't really talk about depression and anxiety and asking for help is not okay. And it was so powerful to see this badass woman that ended up going on to win the fucking show, talk about her struggles with mental health and what she needed and the fact that she came forward for herself to ask for help. It was really, really powerful. They also stuck her in a fucking house with her ex-fiance. So watching that shit go down weekly, I was like, how is she even keeping it together in this high pressure cooker situation? Like, what a fucking shit show. Like, shit went down. It was gnarly. We're going to get into all of that. We're going to talk about what it was like to be stuck in the house with her ex-fiance while competing on this crazy competition and aiming to go for a million dollars and trying to manage her depression all at the same fucking time. It was a lot. Uh, We're going to talk about how to protect yourself and your energy from the hate and the negativity and the soul suckers that come for you when you are being your authentic, successful self. Lord knows I need to to get the advice on that. Um, She also opens up about her decision to do ayahuasca, which we've talked about on this show before, is a plant medicine that is used in spiritual journeys to really like, they say it's like 10 years of therapy in one night and you puke a lot. So we're going to talk about all that and what she discovered on the plant medicine and how it changed her life. I really love having Tori on because she's so real and she's so relatable. So let's just jump into it and bring her on. Here we go. 
Tori motherfucking deal. Welcome to FML Talk. <laughs> oh my God. It's been a minute, girl. My God, dude. I'm so thankful to be back. It's so good to see your beautiful face. And yeah, I, I love you. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks, love. Likewise. It's so fucking mutual. We haven't had you on since season one. We're on season five now. Like, I don't know where the time and the years have gone, but Dude. We we live in different states now, so it's like if I want to see yeah. you not on my TV screen, we have to do a podcast episode. <laughs> I know, I know, and I've like just ne- I haven't been to LA at all. So I know like, you I, left, and you were like, "Bye, bitches, I'm not returning." I don't think I've been back. <laughs> no, I, I have one for like three days, but yeah, just it's far absolutely away. wild. So- I know it's not it's not a quick flight. I cannot wait to dive into today's episode. I know a lot of people who listen to this show, watch you on the challenge and love you on the challenge. And this season was a wild ride to watch for so many different reasons, specifically because you were so open and honest about your mental health journey, which I was Mm -hmm. so every time I was sitting there with Tay, I was like, I'm so fucking proud of her. Like, look what she's like doing for the mental health space. This is fucking huge on like that big of a platform and a network. So Talk me through a little bit of your background, like when you started experiencing depression, like kind of what your journey through that has been like. Yeah, well, I love that we're talking about this because it's literally been like the thing in my life that has led me in so many directions, whether it be from like trying to survive depression or then it just taking over and then not doing certain things. So Mm. Like for me, it started at a really young age. I'd say like 13 years old. I can kind of actually like I know that we're going to talk about ayahuasca later, but like I pinpointed the moment in my ayahuasca experience when the depression really kicked in. And like that was so fucking powerful. And so I've experienced it for a long time. My coping skills have taken the driver's seat, you know, had me getting through a lot. But eventually it hit a point, especially with reality TV, especially with a public breakup especially with, you know, people talking a lot of shit on social media, like it hit a point where there was just no more option for me. Like I needed to try something, you know, more just prescribed. Yeah. I just need, I needed that. And yeah, I mean, I saw Sarah Bareilles, the girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of song. course I know who yeah. Sarah Bareilles is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I follow her on Instagram and she posted that she, she posted like a little picture of a pill. And I was like, no fucking way. Like, Mm. I'm going to try it. And it was the best thing I ever did. And, you know, I know a lot of people say a lot of negative things about big pharma and, you know, just medication in general. But for me, this was the path that worked. And knowing how I feel now, I've been on them for almost a year. I did come off them for the ayahuasca experience. Yeah, I remember texting you about that and was like, make sure you're not on your any like medication if you go do this. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. So I came off them and that was intense. But especially knowing that like, I'm still living in this reality TV world, I'm still doing all this stuff, I still wake up every day and have to, like, I just don't want that to be part of the battle. I'm just trying to like, nip it in the butt. I have friends who have all been either on the podcast or a part of the podcast. My friend Carly came on and was like a big advocate of it. It like changed her life around. And I feel like the mental health space in our world is so stigmatized, especially around like, oh, you need help. And it's not just therapy. You need to like take something for it. And it's so shitty because if more people didn't feel 
you know, guilty or pressured or like shamed about going on something, it could really change their entire fucking lives around. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, we hear like really sad, intense, extreme horror stories of what happened when people don't deal with depression and get help. And yeah, like you said, maybe therapy is just the level you need to go to. But like I was in three years of therapy before I ever started antidepressants and I'm still in it. And I think that all in all, just I just think being alive is hard. Like it, it maybe, <laughs> maybe not for everybody. Like some people can really cope with it really well. And other people, I think, look at this whole thing and they're like, oh, my God, I was born into this world that's been ongoing for how many years? There's so many systems already in place. So what do I have to learn? How do I fit in? Like it's a lot of pressure to be alive. And I think that yeah. more people struggle with that than not. So yeah, whatever step it takes to get help. Like I'm, I'm, I hope that, you know, my story helps somebody. My, I'm only on them because Sarah Burrell's helped me. So. Oh my God, I love it. And it's, uh, you're in such a high pressure situation all the time. So let's talk about this season. Obviously you fucking won. Like. Finally. (laughs) Not only did you win, but you won the season where they threw like everything possible at you. They were like, oh, you think you're all comfortable? Psych. Here's your ex-boyfriend in the house. (laughs) Like there was so much shit going on. I as I was watching the season, I would look over at Tay and just be like, fuck, man, how is she handling this? How is she Uh dealing with this? It's a lot. So take me through kind of what it was like being in that high pressure cooker kind of situation with all of those elements that would be hard for anyone to deal with mm-hmm. while you're trying to like really keep your mental health a priority. Yeah. Well, it was hard. You And obviously you can tell even with the short amount of clips you do see on TV. I mean, I'm crying all the time. So it really did have a weight over me. But I think being through so many years of mental health coaching with a life coach and with a therapist and then on being medication between those, like that trifecta, I was able to be like, okay, I understand right now I'm in a hard situation. I'm aware of that hard situation. Mm. Is it possible for me to go to my bunk, do breathing exercises, sit there, write a poem? Like what, what are the ways that I can responsibly deal with these emotions? Mm. And it didn't always come out pretty. Sometimes it came out sad. Sometimes it came out a little angry and feisty. And it was an explosion of just trying to figure out, you know, myself in in turn, it was truly the most beautiful experience I've ever been through. And I do believe so much in karma. And I do believe so much in creating a relationship with the universe. And I think that was a test to it was like kind of like my final test. I really associate with like, at least for me being a challenge champion as somebody like, like what makes a champion? Somebody who is, who's got inner strength, you know, mm-hmm. total inner strength. And I feel like that season, like winning that battle within myself is the reason why I called in the win overall. And we did, obviously I wasn't alone. I was with Devin, yeah. but I don't think that I would have been able to get that title had I not gone through everything I had gone through because I was ready for it. It was hard, but yeah, I feel like the universe was like, all right, Tori, you've proved it. You could do it. So yeah. here's the title. I I feel like that happens so much in life. I feel like that was my story. It was like, okay, you want to like change your career and like have this like incredible healing journey. Like, great. Let's fucking dig you through the mud. (laughs) You got to pay your dues if you're going to get there. Um, And it's it was so interesting to watch you navigate it because there would be very clear like triggers in that house for you when, you know, certain people were doing things in front of you, like really uncomfortable situations where anybody would be triggered. 
Was there ever a moment that you felt like your mental health was in jeopardy and you needed to like remove yourself from the situation? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was like maybe two times when I was like, okay, Tori, I I could feel myself navigating or at least like walking into those territories of myself that were dark. And like, especially if like we were out at a bar night and we were drinking and then we'd come back and then maybe I'd hear something through the walls of the room next to me. I'd be like, I need to go look to see if anything's happening in there. Like that kind of reaction and response, like it was just... I could feel myself tapping back into that low vibration. Like, Mm. this is yucky. This doesn't feel right. So like I said, like, even though it looks, I think, relatively clean on TV, like there was moments when I was like, I'm this close to losing my shit. And I was just trying to figure out, like, listen, everybody in this house is on their own path and has their own experience. Just because I feel some type of way doesn't mean that that's the right way. Because that doesn't mean that that's right for that person or that person. So I was trying so hard to see the full picture. But, you know, when your emotions are really, really strong, they'll pull you right in and they'll make you believe that your emotions are law. And so just coming to terms with like, okay, just because it's the way I feel, it's not the way it is. And I think that that realization came to me more and more over time. And yeah, it got easier. But there were definitely times when it got dark. Some days I realize I have not eaten an actual meal and then panic at the thought of having to figure out what the hell to cook. When I tell you that Factor Meals has saved me and Tay during the newborn baby phase, I mean that wholeheartedly. They are delicious two-minute meals that involve zero prep, zero cleanup, and are freaking restaurant quality delicious. Sometimes we plate them out and pretend like we cooked it all of ourselves just to make us feel better about life, (laughs) but our stomachs are always thrilled either way because they are so good. Factor meals show up right to your door and they are super flexible with your schedule. You can order as much or as little as you need every week and there are so many different options to choose from, from breakfast, midday bites, and awesome dinners. It is less expensive than takeout, trust me, and my credit card bill, and dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Go to factormeals.com slash fmltalk50 and use code fmltalk50 to get 50% off. That's code fmltalk50 at factormeals.com slash fmltalk to get 50% off. I've always been kind of skeptical about custom beauty products, but I will say Pros was able to change my mind on that. Pros is custom made to order hair care and skin care that is personalized with a unique blend of ingredients just for you. I finally started self-love care in the form of dyeing my hair again, and their shampoo, anti-brass conditioner, and hair mask have really done wonders for my hair. The quiz you take is specific, so they really get to know what your needs and wants are. They even asked me about the climate where I live and how often I'm in different elements to get me exactly what I needed. Since I've been using Pros, my color is holding better and my hair is all around healthier after the postpartum havoc that was wrecked on it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, Pros proved that personalization works better than buying off the shelf. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they are offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 
50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash FML talk. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash FML talk for your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Pros.com slash FML talk. If you ask Tay if he could only eat one thing for the rest of his life, the answer would be cereal. Full disclosure, I was first influenced by Miss Morgan Willette to try Magic Spoon cereal, so when I found out I was going to get to offer you guys a deal on it, I was so excited because it is so freaking good. Magic Spoon has zero sugar, so we can not only have it for breakfast, but late night snacks, and it's perfect for the kiddos to get them a healthy meal without the sugar crash. I love their variety pack. Four flavors are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs per serving. Made with wholesome ingredients and no artificial flavors or dyes. Big yay. It is high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. Tay and my bonus daughter are cereal connoisseurs, and they are in love with Magic Spoon and cannot believe it's packed with as much goodness as it is. Go to grab a variety pack and try it today. I promise you guys will not be disappointed. And be sure to use our promo code at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Try a delicious bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash FMLtalk and use the code FMLtalk to save $5. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. You know, Morgan Willette and I have become like really good friends. Yeah. She's been on the podcast a few times. And every time the challenge gets brought up, she's like, dude, it was so toxic for me. Like, I can't, I don't mm-hmm. know how they do it. It's like, and I, it's such a high pressure situation. And then everybody's watching you on TV. You guys went through it six months ago and then have to relive it when it's airing and fucking people are sending you shitty DMs and stuff. Like I've gotten hate on TikTok from, you know, trolls that comment on my pages. And it's like so minimal compared to what I'm sure you guys get. Like I've seen people screenshot stuff and it's just brutal. So how for anyone, I guess, that's listening, it doesn't have to be in such a high stake situation like you are. But how do you protect your peace in that sense? Yeah, well, first of all, I think like even though you've gotten it on a certain scale and I've gotten it on a different scale and some people get it on a very individual level, I think it's it's all the same feeling. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think honestly, what I've realized in time is the more like I've been on TV now for almost seven years. Actually, I think seven years. So the more I've dealt with it, the more I've gotten, I'm like, okay, well, it's coming. It's not going to stop coming. So how am I going to combat it? I can either sit here in the line of fire and let it absorb me and comment back to every single comment, or I have to figure out a new way to do it. And so one of the books that I reread a couple of times has been The Four Agreements. Have you Uh read that? Oh, yeah. So the first, and I just re-listened to it the other day, and I'm like, this is the only way to get through those comments. The Mm. first agreement is be impeccable with your word. And by that meaning, of course, yeah, anything I say I'm going to do and, you know, I honor the way I feel and I speak my truth, but also I don't take anything anybody else says as my truth. I'm not going to believe their story. I'm not going to believe that if it's like a wicked comment and God, it has literally nothing to do with me. Somebody's right. using me 
as a place to project their feelings on. And I just unsubscribe from that narrative. I don't want to be a part of it. So I do my best to every single time I start to feel myself getting a little uneasy about a comment, I bring myself back home and I'm like, Tori, absolutely not. Like, we're not doing that again. I come in as that aligned parent and I talk to myself and it's literally like the coaching that I've had with my life coach over the years. I'm now doing it with myself in situations that pop up whenever they pop up. That's so brilliant. I love it. Are you a fan of the block button or do you just let people chirp off? I do not block because... Oh my God, tell me but, more. I'm, I'm yeah. like impressed by that. I fucking... Yeah. I, people like... Even some people that probably like didn't say something enough to deserve it. I'm like, don't fucking care. Don't have fucking time. Like goodbye into the ethers of the internet. Like I don't need that shit in my energy. So my experience with blocking is they'll just make a new account and talk shit anyway. But when you restrict somebody, Mm. they think they're commenting. They think they have say, but no one can see your comment but you. If you even want to unlock it, it will show up as restricted comment. And so now I'm like, okay, that's going to trigger me. Do I want to see what it says? No, I'm not going to open that door. But they think they're commenting on my shit and they're not. That's brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, no more blocking. I just restrict. (laughs) That's brilliant. Okay, I'll have to like put that in my back pocket. Let's talk a little bit about your decision to do ayahuasca. We've done an episode where my friend Lauren shared her journey into it. But for a refresher, for people that don't aren't familiar with it, can you kind of tell them exactly what it is and then what brought you to the decision to uh, take that route? Okay, so doing ayahuasca, it was one of those things where it aligned and I called it into my life. Nine months prior to doing ayahuasca, I was like, absolutely not. Sounds like the scariest thing in the world. I'm not ready to face any of those fears, right? Like, I'm not ready to do it. While I was filming, Ride or Dies, I'm like, geez, I've done so many seasons. I even. <laughs> <laughs> While I was filming Ride or Dies, so the last season, towards the end of it, when the house started to get empty, I was doing a lot of journaling. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm in South America. This is where we were filming in Argentina. Ayahuasca originates in South American countries like Peru, Ecuador, a lot of the countries that have the rainforest. And I was like, if I win... I'm going to do ayahuasca after this. I just kept saying it, saying it, saying it. Oh sure my enough, God. sure enough, obviously Devin and I win and I get home two dates after getting home. My friend Brennan Durrell, who is a men's healer, he's is on Too Hot to Handle a lot. He's like the guy who like walks people oh, through yeah, the yeah. workshop. So he's, he's a friend of mine. And so he hits me up and he's like, hey, I'm leading a non-official retreat to do ayahuasca and plant medicine with this incredible indigenous community in Ecuador. Do you want to come? I'm like, Bruh. I just literally said, if I win, I'm going. So I ironically had something already planned for those exact dates. I was supposed to do a challenge mania event, unfortunately. But I was like, you know what? I called this in. I really wanted to. So I can't close the door right. on something I invited into my life. So that's kind of what got me locked into it. And then obviously, I mean, it was just such an intense experience. Have you ever done it before? No, we actually had it booked, Tay and I, um, to do it in Costa Rica, which was December of 2021. And then that was when like the COVID spike rehappened and a bunch of flights got canceled. And we were just like, "Mm, maybe not the time to go out of the country. (laughs) So we have it, we have it like booked indefinitely. Like you can like rebook it whenever you want. But 
since then, I haven't felt called to do it. Like before Mm. I was like, okay, this is really nerve wracking, but also like I'm fucking in and let's just like go and do it and like go there. And now I don't feel that way. And I do really think that it's something that you have to feel incredibly like this is the time, this is the place. I don't feel now like I'm in a place where I need it before I was like, oh, I want to do this because I feel like it'll open up a bunch of shit that's blocking me. And since then, I feel like that has moved out of the way. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe it has, which is, you know, I think that's the most important thing with anything like this. You really do have to trust your intuition. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, I will say that I do believe you have to be ready for it. I wouldn't have had such a good experience had I not done so many years of life coaching. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Because now my internal dialogue has just drastically changed. And that was really important when going into the ceremony. So the first three days that we're there, we're actually just getting our body ready for the medicine. We get acclimated to the space. We're doing breath work, cacao ceremonies every night, treks along the rainforest. I saw mm-hmm. this massive worm. I'm not kidding. It was the biggest <sighs> worm I've ever seen in my life. Like it was the size of a snake. It was two inches thick. It was disgusting. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> saw a huge worm. Like, so you're really getting, you're meeting the space. And we were led by a shaman named Manati and you can find him on social media and he interprets dreams and he's like Mm. pretty popular for that. So every morning we would come back to our ceremony space and he would interpret our dreams for us. We'd sit in a circle and we'd all talk and it would, the Mm. conversation would go on for three hours. Like it was us sitting and just listening to this incredible wisdom. And so you're really getting comfortable in the space. But then when the time came to do ayahuasca, that whole day you fasted. Mm -hmm. And we went on a long trek through the rainforest all the way to a waterfall, came back and they were like, all right, time to get your stuff, go to the the ceremony. And it was just like, all of a sudden we were getting ready for this thing. And then it was just like, no, we're doing it now. And we all just got our spaces and we sat down. And I think I was the third person to sip the medicine. And after you sip it, you wait, 45 minutes for it to kick in, but you have to sit up. Mm-hmm. So the whole 45 minutes, I'm just like, oh my fucking God. All right, what's about to happen to me? I'm so scared. Like, ah, did I, is this, you know, why and did then, I do this? Why did I do this? Totally, totally. And then I was like, you know what? This is the wrong way to go into this. Yeah. Absolutely not. I'm like, you know what, Tori? I fucking love you. I have your back. Whatever happens in there, we're going to face it and deal with it the way we know how. And it's not, and I talked to myself like that for maybe an hour. Like, oh my God, I love I it. I couldn't believe how many positive, I could not believe how many positive things I could say to myself. I'm like, I didn't even know I had that in me. My <laughs> endurance for compliments is incredible. So by You're like, the time, I've never trained uh, for this, but I'm fucking good at it. <laughs> I'm great at it. So the girl next to me, she starts throwing up and I'm like, oh shit, like my time's about to come. And then the, the two girls down for me, one of my best friends that I went to go do it with, she starts throwing up and I'm like, oh my God, it skipped me. You know, like I'm good. (laughs) I'm not going to throw up. And then I, that's when the experience started and it was, you know, I'm, I'm pretty private about some of the things because it's very personal, but it was so, so, so incredible. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, I got to visit certain moments in my life with a lot of clarity and a lot of awareness and I think like tie some tie some things together that I didn't see before and didn't understand. Yeah. Are you comfortable sharing that moment that you realized your depression started when you were 13? Yeah. So 
basically I was in a hallway, a long, long hallway full of doors. And the first couple doors that I opened were doors in front of me. And they were like things that I want to do in life and things that I saw myself doing in this like dreamlike vision. And so I was just like smiling on my face. Like even the guide walking around, Brendan, he the next day was like, you were just smiling. Everyone's like throwing <laughs> up and like for 45 minutes, you're just straight smiling. Cause I did was you not, like, did you not puke at all? It's coming. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then, you know, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. And then all of a sudden I was like, this feels too good. And then I get dragged back to an earlier room. And it was when I was about, I'd say like 12 years old. And I was, I used to sit in on top of a shed in my backyard with my cat. I've always been a lover of cats. <laughs> and we used to sit up there after school or like after I'd be done soccer and I used to just like cry. And I like forgot that I used to do that and like just sit there and felt very lonely as a kid because my dad went back to school after my parents got divorced. My mom was in school. So there was just a long period of time where it was just like us kind of like we lived with our father, but you know, there was a lot going on. So I felt lonely yeah. emotionally, like I needed more support. And so, yeah, I saw it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the beginning. Like, this is when I realized mm -hmm. I was so lonely. I was so sad. I, you know, and all of the sadness stems from just feeling not being able to process emotions with a, a parent figure. And so I sat with myself on the roof, the shed, and I just held myself. And the same way I talked to myself before the ayahuasca kicked in, is the same way I talked to myself in this moment. And I just held like little Tori and I was like, I yeah. love you. I'm here for you. And then we just started crying and I just started bawling my eyes out and it was beautiful and it felt so good. Yeah. And yeah, it was so healing. And I think that it was a really important thing for me to see because it's just all part of the healing process. Yeah, I think people we we talk a lot on this show about your little child and how it's so important to go back to those pivotal moments, whether it's when my dad died when I was six or when I lost my high school sweetheart at 18 or when I felt abandoned in the divorce, you know, in my 20s, like it, whatever age it was, it doesn't have to be your actual little child. But to go right. back to that version of yourself, because we are every age we've ever been is living inside of us. And those memories are living inside of us. And sometimes yeah. when they're locked in our body in such a way, it's like we feel like we keep trying to move forward, but we keep hitting a wall. And until you coach that younger you through that moment and like allow them to like let it go and forgive and heal from it, it's like you're never going to be able to fully move forward in it. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah, It's just so important. It's like the work that you have to do in order to move forward because there's a chance it will never stop being triggered, but at least you recognize when it is, when your inner yeah. child's hurting, and then you can just respond to it the best way you know how now. So it's the work of a lifetime to figure yeah. that stuff out. It really yeah. is. It changes everything. Okay. So when did you puke? <laughs> 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 we saw you throw up on yourself on TV yeah. on the bus. Oh my God, Tori, that fucking episode. I was crying. And Devin just being like, okay. <laughs> you know what's crazy? It's like, that's, <laughs> well, just to like touch on that for a second, like in the bus, Devin was like lazy rivering it. Like he stayed low. <laughs> he was like searching on his back. I was like, you don't even see it throwing my body. Like, all over the place. And I think I genuinely messed my core up because 
for like the next five days after that, I was having the worst bathroom issues. Like I, that bus messed so many of us up, like really badly. But I just remember looking at Devin. I'm like, I'm going to throw up on myself. And he was like, you're fine, Tori. You're fine. And I did. And he was just like, okay. Like, you're, you're not, not, you're not fine. Not fine, you know? So, but I die looking back at the clip. I'm like, bro, like, I can't That's believe fucking hilarious. It's really funny. So yeah. the ayahuasca puking was not, not the same. Oh, the ayahuasca puking was so much worse. Like on the bus, I only threw up an Oreo. That was one Oreo. (laughs) No, yeah, that was one vanilla Oreo before we went off. I usually don't eat before a challenge, but that one I did like a fucking idiot. Um, (laughs) And I wore it on my sleeve. But then, yeah, so for the ayahuasca one. So I had that whole experience with the inner child stuff. And then, okay, so this is where it gets a little deep. And I'll go down this path too, if you have time for it. Yeah, absolutely. So basically at one point in time, I got transported. Like I felt like I saw my body climb, not climb, be like levitated all the way up to the clouds. And I'm kind of just laying underneath the clouds. Like imagine like really beautiful pink fluffy clouds. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is like really, really relaxing. This is really nice. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm so high up. Like, please don't drop me. Please don't drop me. Please don't drop me. Mm. And so I basically looking at the sky and I'm like, I will give you anything not to drop me. And so like in this vision, I like pull my skin off my body and I'm like, please take my skin. I'm like, take my stomach, take my organs, take everything. And I just start giving away my body parts until I'm literally just like a floating ball of light underneath the sky. And I was like, oh my God, it like hit me in the way I interpreted it, but it hit me like a shit ton of bricks. It was like, this is what we all do. We give, we're also insecure. Like, with it being just a lie, with us fearing death, with us fearing our purpose, that we give literally all of us to feel safe. We give it away. But at our core, we are truly just this like ball of light. And so then I was like, well, you know, we give it to other people. And I was like, no, we don't want acceptance from other people. Like we want acceptance from like God. We want God to be like, you're you're living a good life or like whatever you believe, whatever your religions, the universe, like you're living a right life. Like I'm going to accept you into heaven. I'm after this, like you did it right. And then all of a sudden I look up in the clouds again and it was like a version of me smiling down on me. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like we're not looking for acceptance of God because God is with us. Like God is within us. Like we're looking for us to accept ourselves. And I was like, Oh Mm -hmm. my God, I have to fucking accept myself. I have to accept all the good all the bad, all of this shit that I've done that I'm not proud of, all of the gook in my soul that I've stored down deep inside me for years. Like, I got to accept it. And then it was like, good. Now you're going to throw it up. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Brennan makes fun of me because he's like, you know, you were the last person to throw up, but you were the most violent throw up. Oh. And I'm not kidding. It came, I, I popped a blood vessel in my eye. I was throwing oh my God, up. I remember seeing that. <laughs> I was throwing up for an hour and it was hard but it's kind of like what you said earlier in this episode like it's the price you pay like you do Mm. have to you have to give to get right like you had to go through that suffering so that you could heal you have to go through some type of offering in my opinion to ayahuasca in order for you to leave with the messages you leave with by purging out this like gunk in your body and that's what I felt like I was doing so it was hard but the best throw up of my life <laughs> truly that's such that you're yeah you're like it's way better than like a hangover throw up um yeah. that's so incredible because right when you started saying I started offering all this stuff to the clouds in the sky 
that's immediately the message that I got too. is Mm. is the story is the story that you just told. And I think it's interesting because a lot of times when people, you know, who I've talked to that have done ayahuasca, it's so personal that they're like, well, this is how I interpreted it. And then they tell it to you. And you're like, really, that's what you got from that. But that's that was a very clear message of like what that what a huge gift to get to then realize like that you're the only person that really needs to accept yourself and be there for yourself and like that every you know we're all one and stop trying to like find outside sources to validate you exactly I mean it's the most important thing you can do because then you're not living in your own judgment of others you're not living in envy of others you don't you're not trying to be greedy because you're not trying to compete with others that game's over you've unplugged the system. You don't want it anymore. Like, I don't want to opt into that lifestyle because it just is so unhealthy for your soul. And we are literal just, we're just baby souls. Yeah. So yeah, we're poisoning ourselves. Did you, when going into ayahuasca, did you think, okay, I'm going to do this and it's going to allow me to get off my medication and it's going to like fix everything? What, What was the experience with that? I actually thought like, And I felt like in the moment that I held my younger self back to when we were on top of the shed, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't have to go back on the medicine. Mm. And I felt like that message was very loud to me at that moment. So as soon as I got home, the come down from that was really intense. So and I don't even think just that because I had also just done the season. Yeah. And so it was the season and then it was ayahuasca. And then all of a sudden it was like nothing. Yeah. And in that space of nothingness. I think I, I can't explain what happened to me. Like, could I have survived and pushed through without the medication? For sure. I have not lived on medication plenty of times. So of course I could do it again. But did I want to choose for that to be where I was at mentally? Did I want to fight that battle at that point? Mm-hmm. And I knew I was going to possibly be going on another show again soon. And I think I compete better when mm-hmm. I'm on antidepressants because I have a calmer mind. Right. So I just thought about it as a tool, as opposed to a tool for my mental health, a tool for dealing with the depression. And then also knowing that I'd put myself back out there again on TV in the future. So that's why I went back on it. But I don't know if I'm going to stay on it forever. I think that like when I close this chapter of my life, when I get off TV, that's probably when I'd be like, okay, I'm ready to, you know, face this one. But I think right now this is the perfect tool that I need to help me get through this my life. I'm I'm so glad you're saying that because looking at it as a tool as opposed to a crutch, which most people I think do, is so important. So I really hope from you being so open about it on the show and you talking about it on platforms like this, like people who have been not wanting to take that road or ask for help or have a tool. It's just another like, you know, like therapy is a tool. Journaling is a tool. Like this is another tool. Like if you have a thyroid deficiency, you go on thyroid medication. You know, it's literally the same thing. If you have something that you're struggling with mentally and you've tried, you know, any of the other avenues and it's not working for you, like it can change your life around. And I think it's like such an important message for people to not feel shame around that. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And like, I think that like we all got to give ourselves a little bit more grace. Like, why are we competing so hard? Why are we trying to act like we all have it figured out? I have a feeling that none of us have it figured out. Like, who has lived long enough to know what happens? Right, right. <laughs> we are all just t- living within this hundred year time frame, And this whole system that we live in has been going on for thousands of years. So like, why does anyone know what to like think that we know what the fuck's going on? We don't. Right. 
Right. So, <laughs> we don't. I know. I mean, I get it. I get it because people want to feel like they have control. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. But yeah, that's it's just it's poison. Well, it's all about control. It's control of like yourself, control of how other people view you, control of like how you're like existing throughout the world. Like, I mean, and I, that's coming from me who is a fucking control freak. Like, yeah. and I know that. So yeah, it all boils down to control and how we can like let some of that go and be more present and exist in our skin and in the moment, I think. No, I think you're right. And I think that it's all balance, right? Like, yeah, of course, we're still we are souls, but we're still in this human experience and we still have to operate within the confines of society. So why, you know, while you do tap in and you do create schedules and you do create goals and stuff, it's just important to add the mindfulness in between because that's the balance. Yeah, absolutely. If you could have like one major takeaway from going straight from that season, finally winning one, and then like two days later after like flying back from Argentina, going again across the world to go do this incredibly spiritual ayahuasca journey, what would that main takeaway be? I think the thing that I've taken away from it the most is to trust that it's not all my responsibility and I am simply on a path. Mm. and I can take the pressure off now Mm. and enjoy the path. I think that I just want to walk like aligned with that. I want to be in total trust of whatever's going to come my way. And when I stray from that, I just want to remind myself that it's there. So yeah, just trusting the universe. Like I think that it's, it's spoken to me, it's given to me and it doesn't fall on deaf ears. I definitely, I hear it. I see it. I feel it. I'm with it. And yeah, I'm connected to it. So I think we all are if we just allow it to yeah. be in our lives. Oh, it's fucking beautiful. What a great takeaway. I know that you took some time away from your podcast, Tori Dealing With, which everybody's like obsessed with and loved, and you mm-hmm. just brought it back. So talk to me a little bit about why you decided it was time to jump back in for a second season. Yeah, thank you. Honestly, I had so much fun putting out my episodes. Like, but at the time when it was like I needed a break, I had done 52 episodes straight and my life wasn't where it is now. I just mm-hmm. knew I would have been lying because it like took a year and a half for me to get to a place. It took me going through everything with Jordan, getting great closure, becoming great friends, doing ayahuasca, getting the challenge champion win, all that stuff for me to be like, okay, I love myself. I, right. I do. I, I can show I, up as myself now I and can, feel good about that. Yeah. And I think that's what it was. But I'm happy I took the break. I really, really needed it. And I think that now I have things to say. I don't yeah. want to talk if I don't have something to say. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm I'm so happy that you're back to doing that because I know how many people just like love the show and you're such an easy person to connect with. And it's it's like a great safe space to have. And we love that. Thanks. You too. Yeah. You got to come back on. girl anytime it's the only way I'm ever gonna see you (laughs) is when we do recordings together (laughs) I hate that Tori if people for some reason are under a rock and not already following you can you tell them where they can find you and where the podcast is and all that jazz you guys can find me at Tori underscore deal on Instagram the podcast is on Apple Spotify Amazon I don't know all of them anywhere you listen to podcasts you can pretty much listen to Tori dealing with and yeah keep listening to Gabrielle she's fucking incredible and (laughs) I'm so happy to be here so thank you so much for having me on the show yeah girl thank you for sharing your journey and your vulnerability with us it's such important shit that you're talking about and it's so powerful and it's really gonna help a lot of people out there that have been too scared to find those tools that they need. So thank you. 
Thank you. The biggest thank you to Miss Tori Deal for coming on and gracing us with her presence yet again. It was so good to have her back. I hope you guys enjoyed this fun girl talk episode that also had some really important shit in here. I want to close this episode with saying if you are struggling with your mental health, medication might not be the journey for you or might not be the path for you. And that's okay. But no matter where you're at, if you're needing assistance, if you're needing tools, if you're needing help, it is okay to ask. It is okay to try different things. It is okay if you need to go on medication for a couple months to get you through a really difficult patch. I've done it. Friends have done it. People that have been on this show that you respect have done it. There is no shame in needing help in this crazy fucking thing we call life. It is not forever. And it can really change your life for the better and, and give you some peace in really finding yourself again. So you are not alone. I am fucking with you and we all support you. All right, FMLers, if you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatprayfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.